Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Monica Swanson Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. I mean, I personally believe that every single human walking this earth is creative because we are all made in the image of a super, super creative God. So if we just look at the blueprint for what it means to be a human, you know, we have creativity in our bones, in our DNA. I mean, it is wired inside of us. And I think for some people that that creative inclination does maybe come a little bit more naturally. I think that there are people who struggle a little bit more to kind of tap into that part of them, but it is there. I believe it is there for all of us. It's there for the taking. It's there for the tapping into. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to get to hang out with you again today. And I'm so excited to share this interview with you. Now you were just listening to a short clip from today's guest, which is Ashley Gad. And you might already know Ashley. She is the founder of the very popular website, Coffee and Crumbs, which is a beautiful online space where motherhood and storytelling intersect. Such good writing over there. She also has the Coffee and Crumbs podcast. So if you haven't met Ashley yet, you're going to love her today. She's one of my favorite writers. She's incredible. And I just loved getting to know her. And today we're going to be talking about motherhood and creativity. So raise your hand if you think you're a creative person. Now, I normally wouldn't be raising my hand. I'm not very artistic. I'm not great musically. But Ashley challenges all of that in her new book called Create Anyway, The Joy of Pursuing Creativity in the Margins of Motherhood. And this is such a great read. It has so many really cool features to it. You're going to love the book. But today, Ashley's going to inspire all of us as we talk about this topic. And I think summertime's a great time to do that. So really excited to share it with you. Also, I just want to let you know this summer, I have a lot of fun stuff planned for the podcast, especially in the month of July. We're going to be doing a little series that I invite you to bring your kids on with you to listen. I'm going to have my boys showing up for some special episodes. So we're going to 
keep most of the episodes this summer a little bit shorter and sweeter because I know you're busy, you're traveling, all that, but please keep coming back. And the best way to never miss an episode is to join my email list. So if you're not on my email list yet, you can do that by going straight to monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe. Every Wednesday, I send an email that shares my new podcast episode, anything else new I have, as well as usually something fun, inspiring, you know, something I'm cooking or wearing or trying out. I love to connect with my people in my email, and I'm told it's a favorite email of a lot of people's week. So I hope you can join me, monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe. Okay, guys, well, can't wait to share this conversation with you. So without further ado, let's talk to Ashley Gad about the joy of pursuing creativity in the margins of motherhood. I hope you're encouraged. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, well, I just kept wanting to chat with you before we hit record. So finally, I was like, okay, time to hit record. Let everybody listen in. So excited for this conversation. I know it's such an important one for really everyone out there. So before we jump in, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are, your family, all that? Sure. So I'm Ashley. I live in Sacramento, California with my husband of almost 16 years, which feels unreal Mm -hmm. that I have been married that long. Right? (laughs) (laughs) We were very young when we got married. So it just makes me feel a lot older than I really Uh am to say I've almost been married for 16 years. But that is my husband. And we have three children. Everett is almost 11. Carson is eight and Presley is four. Mm. And I am a writer and a photographer. And I run an online storytelling community for mothers called Coffee and Crumbs. Mm. That's pretty much me. I love it. And, um, and I love that your oldest is 11. My youngest is 12. And so okay. I just have kind of been going through that stage of like, nostalgia, just thinking back over those early years now that I have three adult sons and just one little guy. So I'm holding on tight to these last years with him. Yeah. Well, if you have any words of wisdom, I welcome them wholeheartedly. Oh, I love to talk parenting. But today we get to talk kind of the flip side of parenting, and that is really motherhood and what it looks like to be creative in the motherhood years. Mm -hmm. And, oh, this is such an important topic. And I think it's important that we get it right. Um, But before we even dive into that, can you kind of back up and maybe give us your background, how Coffee and Crumbs started and and what led you to what you're doing now? Sure. Yeah. So I've always been a writer, even though I think it took me many years to get comfortable calling myself a writer in my adult life. But if I go all the way back to my childhood, I've always really, really loved writing, writing stories, writing poetry, just writing in my journal that nobody read. Totally. Words are kind of how I process. Storytelling is how I process. And so... Yeah, I think and you know. Let me I jump would, in there. Did you sure. study writing then, or did you just no, love it? I same, didn't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of feeds into my imposter syndrome a lot of the time uh-huh. because I don't have a formal education in writing. I don't have same. an MFA. Mm-hmm. I was a communications major okay. and well, dabbled close. in. Yeah, close <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> I guess writers need to be able to communicate effectively. Right. But yeah, I mostly dabbled in marketing and PR after college. I kind of thought that was the route that I was going to take. And I did for a number of years. I worked in various marketing jobs and really liked it and was happy doing that. But 
could never really like fully squash that burning desire that I had inside Mm -hmm. of me to write. And so I started a personal blog way back when personal blogs were all the rage. I know they're a dying breed now, but once upon a time. I don't know. I'm going to keep fighting for them. I love blogs. I know. I feel the same way. Yeah. Personal blogging, I think, is really kind of where my backstory begins of just, yeah, learning how to be a writer in in the public eye, learning how to share my words with the world online. Mm. And I just really fell in love with the process of connecting with people through mm-hmm. storytelling and yeah. through doing that, you know, at the time on the internet through a personal blog. And, and so, was this before kids that you started blogging? This was before kids. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I had a personal blog. I started that in 2009. I became a mother in 2012. So mm-hmm. I had maybe three years of blogging under my belt before I became a mother. And then when my youngest was about a year and a half old, I was kind of in the position where I was looking to take my writing a little bit more seriously. I was looking for places online where I could submit my work. And I don't know. I just – I was kind of searching for maybe what was next, you know, beyond just writing on my personal blog. And so I started kind of exploring the online motherhood world, you know, Mm -hmm. just seeing kind of what was out there in terms of essays or online writing for moms. And I just couldn't really seem to find a place where I wanted to submit my work or where I really wanted my writing to live. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of what I was encountering online way back when, again, this was like circa 2013, Mm -hmm. you know, at the time, the really, the only two options out there were kind of Scary Mommy and Huffington Post Parents. (laughs) There wasn't really, you know, nowadays there's motherhood sites are a dime a dozen. Like there's a million options. If you Mm want to write on the internet about being a mom, there's lots of places where you can do that. But back then there just, there Mm -hmm. wasn't a lot out there. And, you know, I, I've published on both of those sites in the past, but, you know, ultimately (laughs) decided, yeah, that that wasn't really exactly the vibe for Mm -hmm. me and where I wanted my, where I wanted my writing to be. And so I was just really hunting for a place online where moms could share, you know, really honest, vulnerable writing about motherhood that didn't sugarcoat, you know, Mm -hmm. the hard parts, Mm -hmm. but also didn't dwell in the hard parts at the same time, you know, and I feel like so much of the writing that I encountered back then was either all rainbows and unicorns Mm -hmm. or it was just complete despair. Totally. Like there was really nothing in that middle space that just kind of acknowledged the both and of being a mom. And so that was kind of my heartbeat for Coffee and Crumbs from the very beginning. You know, the name Coffee and Crumbs is is kind of supposed to represent the peace and the chaos of yep. motherhood, right? Yes. Those like serene moments where you're just drinking your nice hot coffee and then also there's like crumbs everywhere yes. and just the the nuance of all of that. And so, yeah, I, I had this idea to start a, a storytelling website for moms where moms could write together in a collaborative way and share stories together. And so I rallied up at the time, just basically a group of girlfriends and a mm-hmm. group of, you know, a couple of writers I had met on the internet wow. and, you know, started this little thing that I thought was going to be my passion project. I was mm-hmm. going to work on during nap time. And we had a few pieces go viral that very first month wow. and it kind of just grew. Wow bigger than I ever thought really fast. Yeah. And I was six months pregnant at that time oh, with my second baby. Wow. So that was just kind of a wild year. You yeah. know, 2014, I became a mom for the second time. I had a toddler and a newborn and 
what sort of kind of blew up into almost a business overnight that yep. I really wasn't expecting. Wow. You know, there was just so much to, so much to running all of that that I wasn't anticipating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually we added a podcast and we got a book deal and it just kind of wow. kept growing. And so mm-hmm. I think for me, the challenge over the years has been, you know, we're, we're coming up on nine years of mm-hmm. this space this summer, which is crazy. And I think my challenge, you know, all along the way has been kind of just keeping up with, you know, some of the natural growth that we've experienced without really losing the heartbeat of why I started it in the first place, you know? And so that has been a challenge at times, but I'm still really proud of this work. And I think that when people come into our space and they read our work, I do really believe that that desire I had in the very beginning to kind of capture that nuance and Mm -hmm. capture that tension of motherhood really still exists in our work. And I'm really proud of that. That is amazing. And when you started having these things go viral, were you hearing back, like, did you put together what it was that was really resonating with people? Was it just that raw, honest, um, voice or what do you think it was? I don't Did even know because ever- <laughs> it was three different it was three different pieces by uh-huh. three different women. So oh, interesting. three different writing styles, okay. three different stories, wow. but I don't know. I don't yeah. I mean, I think I I want to tell you that it was, you know, the fact that the writing that we were putting out even from the very beginning kind of had hints of the really good parts and the really hard parts of Mm -hmm. motherhood kind of all entangled together. Yeah. And, you know, I I think that anytime you write from that place where Mm -hmm. you can really acknowledge what is good and what is hard, Mm -hmm. that resonates because that is all of life, you know? It is. (laughs) So it is. Oh, I think that's so cool. And, and I was going to say, which I said before we hit record, that I just think you are such an incredibly talented writer. I love oh, to read your writing. You. And so I was going to say, were they all your pieces? But no. Thank you. Nope. Just one. <laughs> one of them was mine. The other two were written by um, my very good friend, best friend, Katie Blackburn. And then um, Natima Pruser was our other wow. other piece that went viral. So that yeah, it's so, so it's weird because, you know, back then in 2014, I mean, I'm sure you know now that, you know, with social media, Mm. back then we went viral on Facebook of all places, which nowadays I feel like doesn't Uh really happen anymore. (laughs) It was such a weird, it was such a weird place for us to start because I Mm -hmm. think that Facebook had kind of overhauled their algorithms within a year after that. Exactly. It it never happened to us again. It only happened in the very beginning. It never happened again. So yeah, I should know which year it was, but I started blogging in 2011 and mm-hmm. for a few years just was similarly just trying to find my voice, like your own personal blog. Yeah. But I also had a few um, posts go viral. And I'm trying to remember if it was the same year, but it was through Facebook. And yeah. it was a really wild experience of like, you just kind of feel like your whole world is being rocked overnight. And you yeah. know, your internet is crashing. And you're just like, <laughs> I don't even know what to do. But um, after that, very similarly, like it feels like everything's changed and the world yeah. is just a different place. And so yeah. you just kind of hold on and go along for the ride, mm-hmm. <laughs> try to figure out what's next. And you can never replicate something like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's no, there's no formula for that at all. Right. Oh, wow. Well, that's such a fun story. And you still have um, blog posts going out. Do you still do some writing on there? Yeah. Yes, so regular. we actually just recently changed our editorial model. So we used to publish three essays a week, all mm. pretty much all year round. Wow. And we just recently 
made the pivot to we now put out a collection once a quarter. So we're kind of functioning a little bit more like a literary journal now, which I'm really, yeah, excited about. And it's been really fun for us to just kind of slow down our process a little bit. I think as, you know, writers, we really we really, really believe in slow writing and we really believe in slow reading too. Mm-hmm. And so oh, that's it's been, yeah, it's, I know it's like kind of countercultural in this day and age, you know, I mean, the experts will tell you, you need to post X amount of times a day to yep. even survive out there. Mm-hmm. And we have kind of taken the opposite approach in a lot of ways, but it just felt right. You know, after all this time, our kids are getting older. The way that we write about motherhood has really changed. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, as our as our kids are getting older, yeah. we're taking, you know, less of a less of a lens on them and a bigger lens on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it it does. It changes the writing. It requires a lot more discernment. It requires more time and wisdom and yeah. space. And I think all of those things colliding with just wanting to kind of, you know, stick it to the algorithm a little bit that <laughs> <Okay>. just, just <laughs> somehow really... resulted in a really burning desire in me to just slow. Uh, down. And so we're just really aiming for quality over quantity at this time. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about this creative process. Have you always considered yourself a creative person? Like where did this come from? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, growing up, I, again, I really, really have always loved to write. I've always really loved the arts. I was a voracious reader growing Mm up. And I think, you know, Dabbling in different types of jobs after college was really when I think it kind of started to sink in that I really wanted to pursue creative work mm-hmm. as my job, you know, yeah. and that was really scary. I mean, I yeah. I did ultimately, you know, came to a point where I was, I became a photographer. I taught myself how to take pictures mm-hmm. and I was self-taught with my writing and so feeling very imposter syndrome-y about all of that and yet feeling at the same time like it was all so right. Mm. And, you know, ultimately I did leave my my cubicle pencil skirt wearing job in pursuit of of making art for for a job. And there was a ton of risk involved in Mm -hmm. that. I mean, it could have turned out very poorly for me and Mm -hmm. sent me right back to the cubicle. But um, I'm so, so grateful that I have been able to kind of find, I guess, like a niche for for the type of work that I really want to do and find a purpose in that. And I have really felt God's hand on that work over the last decade. And yeah. I'm sorry. What was the question? I feel like yeah. I'm just rambling about nothing now. No, you, 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 you're totally there. We're talking just about the the idea of creativity and where that yes, came from. And, it, and it's so That's true right. because I think I would say I've probably not considered myself a very creative person as far as like mm-hmm. if you think of it as being artistic or musical. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have always loved to write. And like you, as mm-hmm. a child, I loved writing. I've always been a journaler, but it was when I was actually 40 years old, had my fourth son that I started my blog. And I did feel like, ah, like something came to life in me that had always been there. And it felt like this is one way I can be creative and can share something of an art form. Though, like you, it took me years to answer the question, you know, what do you do or what kind of work do you do to be able to say, I'm, I'm a writer. (laughs) I think. (laughs) So I just, excuse me. So I just think that's really cool, but I want you to talk to some of the moms out there who Mm. might feel that way. Like, is everybody creative? 
Can you speak to that? Mm-hmm. How, how can we find our creative side if somebody doesn't think they're creative? Yeah. I mean, I personally believe that every single human walking this earth is creative because Mm -hmm. we are all made in the image of a super, super creative God. Mm -hmm. So if we just look at the blueprint for what it means to be a human, you know, we have creativity in our bones, in our DNA. I mean, it is wired inside of us. And I think for some people that that creative inclination does maybe come a little bit more naturally. I think that there are people who struggle a little bit more to kind of tap into that part of them, Mm -hmm. but it is there. I believe it is there for all of us. It's there for the taking. It's there for the tapping into. And yeah, I love to just really encourage mothers in particular because I do hear a lot of moms say, oh, you know, well, I'm not creative, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you just – take a look at your life and a look at what being a mother entails. Mm -hmm. You know, moms are creating all the time. Moms are creating every day. Moms Mm -hmm. are creating life and meals and Mm -hmm. memories and magic. And we are creating rhythms, routines, fun. You know, moms create fun. We're creating all the time, all around our homes and with our families. And I think practically that looks really different from Mm -hmm. woman to woman. Like some women are really creative in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I am not one of them. You know, that's, I'm so quick to say that's not a creative gifting of mine, you know, cooking, baking. I'm just not really, I'm not naturally talented at that whatsoever. I don't even really have a burning desire to learn how to be (laughs) good at those things. (laughs) And I can just own that, right? That's That's just not my lane, you know? Yes. Yes. I love to write. I love to take pictures. I love to decorate my house. You know, some women are really, really creative with, you know, knitting and making things with their hands Mm -hmm. and making gardens in their yards and making music. I mean, there are just, there's a million different ways that we can be creative. And I think it looks really different from woman to woman, but it's there. There is something there inside all of us. hundred percent. I love that. Okay. So share with us a little bit of the heart in your most recent book, Create Anyway, The Joy of Pursuing Creativity in the Margins of Motherhood. You've already talked a little bit about creativity, but now bringing that into motherhood. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So before I became a mom, I was really going pretty hardcore after, after writing and photography. Those were kind of my two those were my two creative outlets. Mm -hmm. I was trying to kind of, kind of make them my job. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was just really obsessed with getting words down on a page, taking photos. Those were the things that lit me up, made me feel alive, that brought me just so much joy and delight and fulfillment. And I remember after I became a mom, you know, this was kind of one of the first tensions bubbling up in me was Mm -hmm. how am I going to be a mom and do these things that make me feel like myself, you know, how am I going to balance that? How am I going to juggle that? Am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to juggle Mm -hmm. that? You know, um, and just kind of looking at my life and looking at this, this newborn baby in my arms that I had no idea how to take care of. I'm Uh a clueless first time mom. And I feel like, you know, that first year of motherhood really, there was just so much stumbling involved mm-hmm. in figuring out, you know, how to be a mom, how to still be a person, mm-hmm. <laughs> how to still be myself, how to make time for the things that I still really loved to do, how to find purpose in my role as a mother. 
and how to not just lose myself along Mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. And so this book was really born out of, for me, the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, my, my entire motherhood journey has really had creativity woven throughout Mm -hmm. it. And in some of those seasons, it looked really clunky and complicated and was just racked with guilt. And Mm. in other seasons, I hit a really good stride and Mm. I somehow was kind of making it work all together. And there's just been so many ups and downs, I think, for me over the last decade of, of being a mom, of being creative, of pursuing you know, all the things that I still love to do in these little tiny pockets of time that I've had available to me. And I'm just really passionate now about the parallels between motherhood and creativity. Mm. I think there's so many commonalities between those two, between those two roles. And I love just finding the connection point between those two things, you Mm. know, whether we're talking about fear or doubt or faith or imposter syndrome. I mean, mm-hmm. I've experienced all of those things in both my motherhood Absolutely. and my creativity. Sure. And so it's really fun, I think, to to sync those two up and to yeah. find where the puzzle pieces come yeah. together. And that's sort of what the book is. The book is kind of exploring motherhood and creativity, all the parallels between them, and sort of just really encouraging mm-hmm. the reader to understand that motherhood can make our art richer and better and more beautiful. And our art can make our motherhood experience Mm. richer and better and more beautiful. And I think for a really long time, it convinced myself that those two things were at at odds with one another, but they're not really. And it's taken me a really long time to fully embrace that idea. And so a lot of the book is sort of me just working through that. Yes. And beautifully, like, and funny and all that. (laughs) And there's so many great little features in the book as well that kind of stimulate the reader to be creative and to look at things differently. So I love that. The task of raising a girl in today's world feels super daunting, which is why I'm so thankful for Tara Matson and the Helping Moms Raise Confident Daughters courses from Christian Parenting. In these courses, you'll be guided through eight monthly one-on-one dates and intentional conversations to deepen your relationship with each other while you help your daughter grow in confidence. When you purchase this course, you will be equipped with monthly videos to help you understand exactly where your daughter is spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, a conversation guide to deepen your relationship during one-on-one dates, and a downloadable journal to create and strengthen the connection with your daughter throughout the month. The best part is there is a course for every age, so no matter what stage your daughter is in, you can have the tools to build a safe and trusted relationship with her where she knows you will listen and talk about the real issues that are concerning her. We as moms have a key role to play in shaping how our daughters view themselves and their stories. I know these courses will help you with your desire to raise a confident, godly daughter. So register for your right course today. Visit cpguides.org to select your course based on your daughter's age. That's cpguides.org. This is probably a little bit selfish because I'm like, I want to learn from you too. But I want to, I'd love for you to share practically, like how have you found that balance? Are you like really good at scheduling your time? Because I know I've confessed before that I almost feel like it was God's grace that, that didn't allow me to start 
writing or blogging until after my fourth son was born and I was 40 because I love my work so much that if I'm honest, I could easily check out, tune out. I mean, I'm a homeschool mom, so that's hard to do. And I have hired some help over different in different seasons to Mm -hmm. help with kids when I have book deadlines and things like that. But, um, but it is a there. The word tension is (laughs) pretty Mm -hmm. appropriate for that because. What I'm always guarded against is I don't want to encourage moms to like follow your dreams. It's all about you. (laughs) You know, kind of that worldly message that I don't embrace for motherhood. Mm -hmm. I'm like, God has given us the greatest calling. There's nothing Mm -hmm. more important we can do than be great moms and wives. However, I don't think that it is mutually exclusive with our creative work. Mm -hmm. And I know that I live in that tension every day and I don't get it Mm -hmm. right all the time. But tell us how you have practically been able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with you in that I don't think the answer is to just go, you know, eat pray love style out of your <laughs> right. life, you know? I mean, that's that's not going to work for those of us who who have children um under our care. So, I think practically I think two things that are coming to mind. The first one is and I, I almost hesitate to use this word because sometimes the word mindset makes me roll my eyes because it just sounds like such a woo-woo concept. But I, I truly, yes. I do think that when you have a mindset that values creativity, mm-hmm. the rest tends to fall into place a little bit easier. Mm. And I think that for a lot of women who say, you know, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to be creative. I don't have time to pursue that thing I want to do. I don't have time. I'm too busy. If we don't actually value creativity and we don't see the worth of it in our lives, Mm -hmm. it is so easy to brush it off and just scratch it off the calendar, right? Because it's not a priority. It's not important. It doesn't matter. But when we actually value it in the same way we value the other things in our life Mm -hmm. that we do find time for, that Mm -hmm. we do deem important and essential, somehow we're able to create space for that. And Mm. so I really do think that having the right narrative and having the right mindset is really, really important. And Mm -hmm. I love to just really encourage women to think about that. Think about when you think about creativity, what do you you think? Like what Mm. words come to mind? Mm. What does this actually do for you? What does it do for your heart? What does it do for your mental health? What does it do for you as a person? What mm-hmm. does it do for um, your self-care? Like what – think about really how you feel after you have spent time. For me, it would be mm-hmm. writing. You know, yeah. after I've written, I feel wonderful. You mm-hmm. know, there is no greater feeling than having put a story in my head mm-hmm. out on a piece of paper. Yeah. That feels incredible. And I know what that feels like. And so if I can keep my my eye on the prize, so to sure. speak, it's a lot easier to justify the time for it when I know the inherent value that that brings to my life. I am a more full, whole version of myself when I am making space to do the things that make me feel that way. Okay. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. And then the yeah. second one on a more just kind of logistical, nitty gritty um place would be, I really do think it's so important to assess in every season what is realistic, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've all been, and I think with motherhood especially, you know, the seasons are changing all the time. And I don't just mean like fall, spring, summer, winter, you know, just (laughs) the actual, like the seasons of motherhood, you know, if you are a sleep deprived mom, 
with a four-week-old, yes. like you don't have the same life as a mom who has three kids who are in school from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day. Right. So you can't have the expectations of a mom with all of her kids in school all day mm-hmm. that you have for yourself when you are up every night with a crying baby right. and you're nursing around the clock or whatever the thing is, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just so important to just take – real honest inventory. Mm-hmm. Take an inventory of your life, who you are, what your life looks like, what your actual daily obligations are, and go from there. Mm-hmm. You know, work with the the life you actually have, mm-hmm. the the motherhood you're actually living mm-hmm. and not the motherhood you think you're going to have 6 months from now or the life you think you're going to have 2 years from now. We can't work from that place. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to work with what we have. Yes. So for me right now, I have three kids. Two of them are in school all day, okay, relatively all day, and then I have a preschooler who goes to school for three hours. You know, two two <laughs> days a week flies by, <laughs> which is like no time yeah, at all. Um, <laughs> yes, and and I have a little bit of supplemental childcare around the preschool hours, and so you know, I I very much kind of work with what I have, and mm-hmm. right now that looks like I get up at five a.m. I write in the mornings mm-hmm. before my kids go off to school, and then I work in the little blocks of childcare mm-hmm. that I have. And occasionally, if inspiration strikes in the middle of the afternoon, I'm often found right now when the weather is nice, I'm usually sitting outside in my backyard in the afternoon with a legal pad in my lap, and mm. I'm writing or jotting down notes or whatever, just mm. whatever comes to legal mind. Legal pad. I like it. Legal Old pad. <laughs> my best secret sauce. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Um, but you know, I can't, I, I have friends whose kids are in school all day and like they have different, they can work for eight hours mm-hmm. a day on mm-hmm. whatever they have to do. And I don't have that. So, right. but I'm in a very different season than the baby toddler years yep. where you are where just you, working with nap time. And you, know? you are still being creative. You talk in your mm-hmm. book about sitting on the bathroom floor and yeah. doing things while kids are right there. Yes. And it didn't look glamorous, but you are getting the work done. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How about the flip side of that for those of us who love our work or our creativity and might Mm -hmm. feel that temptation to tune out? Have you any tips for how to remind yourself (laughs) that motherhood does go by quickly and, you know, (laughs) to kind of pull yourself away if you have that tendency? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I can, I actually really appreciate your honesty with that Mm -hmm. because that that can be a struggle of mine. And I don't know that I've ever articulated it in that way, but because I am a type three on the Enneagram and I love to work. And Mm -hmm. I also, I would say what's more frequent for me is when I'm in a zone. So Mm -hmm. let's say the words are flowing. I know what I'm doing. I'm just like, (laughs) I'm in that creative space. That um, is a time where I really struggle to be interrupted or, yeah, yeah to mm-hmm. to hit pause on that when my kids need something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know that I have any specific encouragement to offer other than I do really know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think we all know and can agree that, like, our children are not – What's that? I don't remember whose quote this is, but the, you know, the children are not the interruption to the more important work. Like oh, the right. children are the most important work. Right. What is that from? I don't know. Well, I don't know, but Jordan Peterson, I think recently has brought that back. I've seen videos of him yeah. saying that, talking yeah. about that. But I yeah. do think about that sometimes because I, my four-year-old in particular is such an interrupter at this age. I mean, it's just the constant tug- tugging on my clothes and yeah. mommy, 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 mommy. Right. And, had to remind myself, like right. you are the most important work. You are not an interruption. Yes. So, oh, uh, and and I also because uh, I mean, 
they are much of the inspiration to your work. I'm, you know, much of your writing and all of that. And I've said before, it's good that I write about parenting and family because I have felt convicted before that the Lord has laid on my heart. Like, if you want to write well, if you want to be helpful to others, you really need to make this your very first priority. And so that conviction has kind of pulled me away at times, but, um, but yeah, I love that, and I think that you know there was definitely a time in my motherhood when I was in when I was a younger, newer mom where I really wanted to separate mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. creative endeavors right. from my children. You know, I yeah. wanted like motherhood to be in this box, nice and clean, my creativity is in this yeah. box, a nice clean break, nice line in the sand, mm-hmm. and that's just not that's not my actual right. life. You right. know, that would be a really good um, example of that's. I don't know if anyone has that life, but it's not my life. You know, I don't have a full-time nanny or something that can like occupy my children in a different space of my house. I'm, I'm the mom. I'm here with them every day. And a lot of times that looks like I am sprawled out on the living room floor with, Mm -hmm. you know, kids climbing on me while I am writing, you know, or that looks like, yeah, writing on the bathroom floor while I'm supervising my daughter in the bath or, you know, it's kind of all, it all collides into just kind of a, a beautiful mess. Yes, a beautiful mess. I love that. Now that, like I told you before we recorded, I have these grown sons who, for one, do give me perspective and remind me of how quickly these years go by and make me want to be really present with the one who's still here. But also I can look back and go, wow, when they were like in those middle years, that's when I was starting my work and really passionate. And I would bring them in and be like, you know, I need you to film this or video that, or, you know, I've had them on my podcast and things like that. But what I love is now I look at their lives and they are all such creative people. And Mm. many people listening know that my first son um, wrote and published a novel, a short novella, he calls it, but a story during his gap year between high school and college. And it's on Amazon. I can link to it, but it's a fun adventure story about brothers who live on an island. (laughs) And so surprise, but, um, (laughs) but I really can't help but think, he was watching his mom learn to be a writer. He was watching me carve out time and he dedicated so much time to that. And then he's also, you know, a great photographer. All my boys have done different creative things, but I'm like, you know what? Some of those times when I was wrestling with attention of, Mm -hmm. am I blowing it because Mm -hmm. I'm pursuing my own thing? Because up till then they were it, they were full time, Mm -hmm. my job. And so I really wrestled with that. But now I can see Mm -hmm. that they're really proud of me. Um, My most recent book, Raising Amazing, every chapter has some thoughts from one of my boys. And so I'm like, oh, Lord, I love how in your kindness, you've actually used my creativity to inspire Mm -hmm. them. And so that's been really special. So hopefully you'll get that experience as well when your kids grow up. Yeah, I love that so much. And I see that a lot in my kids. My daughter. Um, so funny. The other day she came in asking for a piece of tape or something for something she was working on. And I said, yeah, you know, I'll get it in a second. And she said, okay, mom, you can just bring it into the craft room. And I was like, the craft room? We don't, we don't have a craft room. I had no <laughs> idea what she was talking about. Asking her more questions. I'm trying to figure out what room she's talking about. And then she she kind of gets almost annoyed with me. You know, she's four years old. She kind of rolls her eyes and, mom, I'll show you. And then she grabs my hand. She pulls me into our dining room. Uh-huh. That's but the dining room happens. table is where the kids do That's art every day. And she had named it the craft room. And oh, I just, I, I had that. this moment where I really loved how much she was, she was like 
dignifying the space, you know, Absolutely. this is, this is where art happens. This is called a craft room. And that is so cool. I do think that they, you know, mm-hmm. they catch on to that. Kind More of is caught than taught in all areas yeah. of motherhood yeah. and parenting. So, oh, that is super fun. Um, okay. How about to the mom who is a perfectionist and, um, Last question along these lines, because I have so many more I could talk to you about, but I don't want to keep you too long. But how about the mom that's like, if I start, I'm going to want to get it all right. And Mm. I just don't even want to start because I can't be perfect at it. Maybe it was something Mm. they did before kids and had all the time Mm -hmm. to do it. Do you have any words of encouragement to that mom? Oh gosh, so many. I mean, my first word of encouragement is me too, sister, me too. (laughs) I know this struggle so, so, so well. And you know, it's funny. I was just on a, I attended a writing workshop with Kelly Corrigan a couple nights ago, just like an online hour long session. And I really loved this. I've been wanting to write through what she said because it really impacted me. But She was talking about this screenplay that she had written that she had worked on for two years and just poured her heart and soul into. And, you know, she ended up taking a bunch of meetings and it, it ended up never coming to fruition, never really getting off the ground. And she was talking about it with such love and such compassion. And she said, you know, that project was a joy to work on and it was a joy to fail at. Whoa. And I just wrote that line down, a joy to fail at. And obviously none of us want to fail, right? We don't Mm -mm. like that Mm -mm. feeling. Not fun. But what I really took away from that is, is something that I believe wholeheartedly, which is there is so much joy in the process of creating. Mm. There is so much delight and fulfillment in just the actual act of making something. And when we are able to really just acknowledge that and find purpose in in the endeavor itself Mm -hmm. and not necessarily in the outcome, you know, often when we want something to be perfect, it's because we have that connected to an expectation of the outcome. But if we can just take the outcome off the table entirely – and create for the sake of making something, for the mm. sake of of drawing closer to our maker, of using that creativity that God put inside of us mm-hmm. on purpose for a purpose, there is joy to be had there, yes. you know? And there is no pressure to make it perfect because that's what Jesus is for, right? Yes. Like we're not called – the Lord has not asked us to be perfect no, ever no. in any capacity and that goes into our art as well. And I know there's that like human temptation that we just want – we want everything to be perfect. Yep. We want our life to be perfect. Mm-hmm. We want our kids to be perfect. We want our art to be perfect. But ultimately, you know, every time we set out to make something, like we can rest in the fact that the one who is perfect mm. – is there with us, you know, and we don't have to hold ourselves to that standard, you know, whether or not we fail is so secondary because there really is joy to be had in the act of making something. Mm, I love that. And really it reminds me of the title of your book, Create Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just create and let him, yes, let him take it where he wants to. Well, This is such good stuff. And I've been so inspired and encouraged to just keep going and also maybe to discover some new areas of creativity that Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think we hit a certain age and we think we know who we are, but it's like, no, there's actually probably a whole lot more out there to discover. So whatever age or stage you're at, keep, keep trying new things, right? 
Yeah. And I love that you started blogging later. <laughs> I love that so much. I love that for right. you. Thank I think you. that's that's actually like really inspiring to me, you know, because it just makes me think when my right. kids are older, who knows what oh. I might start doing that right? I don't do now. <laughs> it's so true. And I think another word of encouragement on this topic of creativity is I'm so thankful now that I have this because as some of my friends become empty nesters and mm -hmm. they're kind of sad and feeling a little bit lost, I realize I've got something that I get to just pour that yeah. much more into when I have an empty nest. And yeah. so I encourage the younger moms, like if you've got something that you're curious about or interested in, don't wait. Don't You yeah. don't want to be starting fresh when you're in some like weird new season, like start now so that yeah. you're ready to really dive in when that day comes. So I love that. Yeah. Good advice. Uh, okay. Well, I love to ask all my guests if you can share something from your life recently that's been amazing, amazing being defined as a pleasant surprise or something that causes wonder. I'm going with the first thing that popped into my head, which is very shallow. That's but all right. I'm just going to roll with it. Amazing things so, can be shallow. Trader Joe's sells truffle oil. I don't know if you've ever had this. I don't I have recently, Trader Joe's in Hawaii, so you already got me uh, in a bad mood here because I'm shoot. so jealous. But go ahead. I'm going to have to mail this to you. I'm going to be on the mainland soon. Truffle oil, writing it down. I wonder if you can get it somewhere else. The one I bought was at Trader, no, Joe's, Trader Joe's. But Joe's I have recently started making my – I make popcorn on the stove Ooh, several times a week. It's my favorite you. snack. Legal and pads and popcorn on the stove. <laughs> <laughs> so just This impressed. is my life, this really. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I started putting truffle oil on my stove popcorn and it's, I call it my bougie popcorn. Wow. And when I, when I tell you it's amazing, I mean, it's amazing. It's so good. Ah, it causes wonder. I want to try it. Does. it. Okay. Uh, well, next time I'm at Trader Joe's, I'm going to get their truffle oil because I'm sure it's okay. extra magical just because Trader Joe's is. Mm. Yes. Oh, I love it. Okay. So I'm going to link to all the things especially the book, Create Anyway, in the show notes. Everyone can find all those links. But if somebody wants to just jump on their phone right now and follow you, I think you kind of mm. have a love-hate relationship with Instagram. <laughs> but I know you're on there at least sometimes. So tell us where they can find you. Yes, I'm on Instagram every other week at <laughs> Ashley Gad. And Ashley has two E's and Gad has two D's. And I'm actually writing the most on Substack these days. That's the best place to find me and okay. connect with me. And that's kind of where I am spending most of my creative energy. Very Substack. cool. Substack. Yeah. When you say every other week, what does that mean? What do you do in between? Do you literally not look I, at it for a week and then you look no, at I it? I literally delete it from my phone and for, I log out on my computer for, for a, a solid week. Okay. Yes. And yeah. then you go back on. It's pretty hardcore. And then are yeah, you like super engaged on. when you're on? How I try to so be. interesting. Yeah. I So I delete Instagram every other week and then I delete it the whole month of August and the whole month of January. So I'm actually completely off, wow. totally disconnected from Instagram about 32 weeks a year. Okay. And I'm on about 20 weeks a year. Wow. Okay. I'm taking notes. On it's just so works for me. <laughs> I say that not as a prescription, but I, I do have, I would say, a love-hate relationship with uh -huh. Instagram and... Um, this is a, it's proven to be a really good balance for me because I just don't get like sucked into it like I used to once upon a time. And, and you don't have balance. somebody else posting for you when you're taking that month off. It just, nope. And you don't nope. die. And I don't die. <laughs> Nobody else shocked. does either. Nothing 
happens. Nothing. <laughs> you think you've worked it up in your right. head that if you, you just, if you ghost social media, that something will happen. There will be consequence. And I'm telling, I mean, who, I guess Come maybe on. I can't say that with confidence because maybe I'm selling a lot less books than people sure. who are on Instagram every day, maybe. but that is a risk we'll never I'm know. willing to take. <laughs> we'll never know. Oh, Ashley, so <laughs> great to talk to you. Thank you for sharing your heart in your writing and for joining us today. It's Thank just been you. so much fun. Thanks for having me. You bet. Aloha. All right, friends. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and you'll find links to anything we talked about and some notes over on my website at monicaswanson.com forward slash Ashley dash gad and Ashley is A-S-H-L-E-E dash G-A-D-D. So I, again, hope you're encouraged and maybe can take some time to think about what your creative genius might be or at least creative expression. Doesn't have to be genius, right? Um, Might be a great thing to gather some friends, have a coffee, chat about it. Um, That's the idea here is to get conversations and thoughts started and just hope you're always encouraged after listening to these podcast episodes. And if you are, two things you can do. I'd love for you to share this episode and you can do so by just taking a screenshot right now and sharing it to a story on social media. If you're on Instagram, be sure to tag me at Swanson underscore. And the other thing that would be so great is if you could leave a rating or review for this podcast. And it's really easy to do. You just scroll down there on your phone, find those five stars, tap on them, or leave a few words about what you love most about the podcast. This really does help get the podcast in front of more eyes and helps us grow our community. So guys, thank you for being here. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.